Hey, Juventini, welcome back to the All UV Cast channel, where, of course, it's All UV all the time. It is the day after the 90. It is another Victory Monday. All right, I got Anthony with me right here. We're going to cover Juventus 4-2, Victory over Sampdoria, mm -hmm. and we're going to tackle the latest in news. I am sure you're all well aware right now where we stand, and that is that Benucci is injured. He is out. He's going to be going through rehabilitation starting immediately. Paul Pogba potentially another three weeks so those are the big ticket items on news and then we have the potential of max allegri trying to get mr horsepower here that jeremiah is talking about to stay can he get il cavallo pazzo to stay we're gonna tackle all that mm. of course he only all has right. nine goals yeah, I hate to be the bearer of yeah. bad news here jeremiah but he's at nine nine thought he was at ten he's at nine you the official count. The official count is seven in Serie and two in Champions League. Yeah, you'll get. We have full confidence that he'll get there. Lots yes. of ball left. Yes. Now, for everybody tuning in to the podcast on your audio outlets, head over to the YouTube channel, subscribe. That's where you get all the extras. Okay, the daily update, news videos, your match day lives, and the watch along. I want to mm -hmm. send a special thank you to everybody who joined me for the watch along yesterday. Got a little dicey there at the two-two mark, but uh, we powered through and everything was good. I'm gonna say what's up to uh, some more near Remo. Ciao tutti, forza you. It was another barn burner we got it done we got it done apex il cavallo pazzo forza juve let's fucking go ajc army i like it i like it bob yoga sells always forza Thank juve you. love it love it and uh dushan must start scoring oh yeah oh yeah we're gonna talk about uh dushan yep. here all right and everything else that came out of this match and like i said we hit you with the news points we will get to them but we're not oh. going to kick things off with the news. We're going to go through the match highlights and then we'll talk mm -hmm. about everything Juventus. And you guys will have your classic Storm the Barn session. Now, in terms of lineup, we, uh, yeah, we saw some uh, interesting calls there. So Perin going in goal, no issues there. Bremer, Benucci, and Danilo. I was maybe a little surprised we saw two out of the three mainstays. I was expecting actually one more change back there. But mm -hmm. in hindsight, Thankfully, it wasn't uh, multiple. So, Bremer, uh, Benucci, Danilo. We had Dicilio, Fagioli, Barnechea, Rabio, Kostic, Miretti, and Vlaovic. A lot of mixed reviews on that lineup going into this game. And we had a lot of fans that were... Uh, I, I saw it on uh, even the watch-along and everything that were um, just basically saying that uh, this is him totally looking towards uh the europa league and this is an odd like they were not happy with this lineup i had no problems with it and what do you think that's exactly what max was doing yes that's correct again uh, i'll get we'll get to the substitutions later but again before the match a lot of questions about the lineup but again max got it a hundred percent right Sampdoria stinks that was they do. i don't watch a lot of uh other city teams play People were, you know, our, in our group chat, the team was mentioning, you know, Sampdoria's stats and what they expect today. I didn't realize they were that bad. They're bad. That's a bad, that's a bad football club. Looking at the lineup afterwards in hindsight, 
perfect. Get the young guys out there. But he kept, like you say, he kept two of the three mainstays at the back. You want to keep consistency at the back and sort of tinker wherever else with lineups. But I had, I had no problems with it before, during, or after the game. Yeah, I I had absolutely no issues. And uh, Max, uh, perhaps I was getting this feeling with Byron Echea that the first call was pretty much uh, a slap in the face to uh, mm-hmm. Paredes and a wake up mm-hmm. call. But now. I'm legitimately thinking he's just done with him. He's number he's number two and he's number two in the rotation. He's just done, period. Um, Paredes. So uh if you can't get in against Sampdoria, like literal bottom feeders, like it's just not gonna happen. I don't bench. see it uh, anymore. So is what it is. So yeah, we didn't uh, have too many issues there uh, as far as lineup goes. We're going to get into the highlights, recap uh, what went down in this game, and then uh, get to all the goods after. Mm-hmm. All right. So Man, six minutes in, and Benucci, you know, to Alex P's comment, uh, he is just done and dusted. Well, no, I feel the same way, but, like, just caught sleeping, absolutely mm-hmm. sleeping. So, obviously, with him back there, he plays in the heart of the back three, which I don't like. And uh, Bremer has moved to the side. Danilo was uh, over on the left side, the side that he does not prefer. And Benucci just caught sleeping. Jabadini gets in behind there. Thank God he made a mess of it. Okay. Oh. Uh, but that is just uh, shocking. It's shocking to get caught on that play the way it happened and went down. He might have been offside. Maybe. I thought he was going to be, but yeah, I don't know. No calls and everything. Looking at it, it was pretty tight. It was pretty tight. High line, though. Benucci was playing a high line. He left a lot of green space behind him recover so he he's really like after that moment he dropped back and he still still was barely getting in on a couple of these plays when they were trying to counter us because that's all Sampdoria really had um Mm -hmm. but credit to them they were playing to it because they knew that that's all they were going to be able to try and get the 10th minute and we get a corner kick and Glace and Bremer gets up. It's funny. We were literally just talking about how this guy could have way more goals because of how, yep. how much of an aerial threat he is. And here he is doing perfect on this one. Textbook off the ground, bounce it down and uh, get no it chance. in, gets it home. One nil lead for Juventus. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. 25th minute, a corner gets cleared. Hey, Juve keeping it simple. The young guy, Miretti, right back into the mixer, baby. Right back in there. All you got to do is put the pill in the square and good things will happen. Now, normally that finds a defender, but perfect pass. Sampdoria stink. Rabio, obviously wide open, but a, another great finish. Like you can't, there's nothing you can take away from Rab. Lou will. Lou will take something away from Rabio <laughs> on that finish. But that I was, was going to say, Lou will probably call this one a draw. That's due to. That's correct. He will. But uh, great finish again. Um, Meretti was given all day to switch that ball. Yeah. I guess they, they weren't, somebody wasn't concerned about Juventus' aerial threat when we've already scored one. But hey, thank you. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So um, we've got a 25th minute. Talked about that back post call uh, ball from Meretti. An absolute beautiful dime there. And there you go. Sitting pretty. 2-0 up. Let's go. 30th minute, Sampdoria running at our defense, ball out on the right side, trying to hammer this one back into the mixer. It actually deflects off Danilo, but it falls right perfectly there. into the path of Augello, who ends up putting it home. Um, no chance, Perin, on this one. Um, cutting across Tech goal. Would have had it. 
like uh, tech would have had nothing on this one. So <laughs> the marking is, it bothers me on this one. So Benucci's sitting deep. He's sitting mm -hmm. deep uh, watching across the six. DeShilio is standing to the outside. He makes zero communication to Benucci of somebody coming in or whatnot. Like there's nothing there. DeShilio ends up having somebody back post or whatnot, but the problem is he makes zero communication to anybody. And Ojelo just runs in free. And Ojelo is his first man. Because when Ojelo cuts in, there's another player that ends up being behind him for back post. But it was just, it was very, very bad. But again, deflection off Danilo as he tries to block it, regardless, 2 1. Mm hmm. God damn it, like a minute and a half later, Sampadori. I coming. was working the main. I was working the main. I didn't even have time to finish the first tweet. <laughs> and then people were already commenting. Once I sent it, they were commenting 2 2 under my 2 1 tweet. I'm like, well, give me give me a second. <laughs> 70 seconds. It was unbelievable, man. I couldn't, I could not believe this. So a minute and a like a minute and a half, probably a little bit less than that. Sampadori right back at us. And another pass across the area. This one drove me nuts because we had so many bodies and nobody Brain nobody communicated nobody picked up jersey mm -hmm. he ends up putting this one in uh two two again another one no chance for Perrine. and uh there you go we're level out of nowhere and this was just shocking Absolutely were you worried though shocking. at that point were you worried at all i was pissed more there than I was like necessarily worried, but as the like a little bit concerned in the fact that this should be a game where you take them and put them to the sword, especially after going up two nil and mm -hmm. get these guys rested. And you could probably lay off pulling in certain players because mm -hmm. it's Sampdoria, and then you're gonna go play Europa League in the middle of the week. Now, regardless, um, it's two two. We move on. 43rd minute, Vlaovic wants a penalty on this as the keeper comes out. The ball's up in the air. He goes low, this keeper. Uh, didn't really quite make sense. Dushan runs right through his back looking for the call. So we had to bring in L'Arbitro Nick on this one. So, oh, And we actually okay. had another referee that was joining us live yesterday, and he said, I am also a ref, and for me, that is a PK. Now... This is where it gets uh, very, very interesting. So we're going to get to uh, mm -hmm. all the thoughts here and the explanations from Nick. He says, call on the field was no call. Then confirmed by VAR. Sampdoria keeper Turk come diving out of the goal area and ended up landing right in front of the path of Lauvich, causing him to trip over him. I would like to preface this by saying you can make a compelling argument for both sides. So he does mm -hmm. say... You can argue both sides on okay. this play. FIFA considerations are, uh, remember, there isn't a, a specific number of points you have to hit as every play. One point can hold more weight than another. But what they're essentially looking at, does the player show a lack of attention or consideration when making his challenge? That's one point. And he could have jumped over him. He did seem to try to anticipate where the ball was going, but severely misjudged it. His dive was way off. So that's oh, kind talking, of oh, the one goalie. thing to, okay. yep. to kind of consider, right? Mm -hmm. So does the player act without precaution when making the challenge? And does the player act with complete disregard of the danger to his opponent? 
Hmm. See, this is a tricky one when you're talking about goalkeepers because yeah. usually they don't, even when they come up high or whatever, like the, the knees are up yeah. high, like they're, they usually don't. Right. So that one's a little bit different, but Nick says, I believe he did pull out of the challenge when he saw his defender get to the ball and he didn't put the opponent's safety at risk in any way, probably why he chose to go down instead of staying up for where the ball would have been. I don't know. It, it's again, anybody can interpret that in their way. Right. And, uh, does the player have a chance of playing the ball in a fair manner? That would be Vlaovic. Um, again, you can argue he had no chance of playing he, the ball there. He wasn't getting to it. So after he played it, Nick's point of view is the keeper landed in front of Vlaovic and his run got him tangled up with the keeper. Vlaovic also had no opportunity to play the ball as it was intercepted well in advance. The contact was as if two players just collided on the field. I believe yeah. the decision is supportable. However, mm -hmm. a decision to give a penalty kick is also supportable because you can argue that the keeper did in fact directly take out Vlaovic. And even though he couldn't play the ball, the contact was enough to call a foul. I want to ask everybody what your thoughts were, if it was a PK or it wasn't a PK. Anthony? Mixed, uh, mixed reviews here in the chat. When I saw it at full speed and when I saw it at the replay, it was... I, again, just two players coming together. He wasn't getting to the ball. It would be different if the keeper came out and was facing Vlaovic. You know when they come out and they slide and they, his face is facing their sh his shin guards. Then he, you know, makes a manner like that. But his back was turned. He was to the point you made there where I think you said the keeper was made an attempt to get out of the way. I think that's his attempt to get out of the way. He wasn't facing the striker. I don't know, man. I think, that I think the been biggest thing for me when I look at that play is that Vlaovic could have avoided it quite easily. Could have jumped over him, and he wasn't getting to the ball. Yeah, like he wasn't going to yeah. get to the ball, and he actually had enough time to just hop over him. It wasn't well, a something. bang, bang. Like We need a, another opinion here. How about this guy's opinion? Omar, no welcome. Picking. Now, no okay. we were just talking <laughs> about the Vlaovic uh, PK, uh, well, the PK call he was lobbying for and potential. sorry, potential PK. Did you think it was a PK? No, no. If, yeah. uh, if it happened against you, I mean, I'd be pretty pissed if it gets whistled for a PK. That's a yeah, I think so too. So now Nick finishes off saying, um, if Frontera had whistled it, I cannot imagine Vieira calling him to the monitor as it wouldn't have been a clear and obvious error. This is the beauty mm -hmm. and heartbreak of football. Put 20 refs in a room, 10 might say PK, the other 10 might say no PK. So That's shocking. There, there you that, have it. There you I, have I'm, it. I'm a big advocate. I'm a big advocate of a penalty if it prevented a goal. I mean, if there was a shot directed at the target, the rest is pretty vague. I'm not all for just every handball or every foul around the area mm -hmm. is immediately a penalty. Yeah. 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 And then Nick continues on. You have to also factor in mind that they want to keep it with what football expects or what the game calls for and everything. So, yeah, he believes that uh, no call would have been the right one. And again, uh, definitely arguable. And you could see it in the chat here. So um, we get to halftime. Okay, and we're at twos. Your guys' thoughts at halftime. Make some uh, Omar, changes ahead, immediately to turn this thing around. What were you thinking? First of all, yeah. And actually, the, he made the exact changes I was expecting him to. 
um, but my thoughts were just only Juve can, you know, be completely dominant and then shut off, completely shut off. And like Anthony said earlier, I, I did feel a bit scared. I mean, I did feel a oh, bit vulnerable suddenly. And if they get one goal, we know how that team reacts. reacts oh, I wasn't scared at all. I knew we were going to win that game. I put in the group chat at 2-2. I said, we're going to win this game 5-2. Uh, Sorry, Luca. I know it was 4-2, but I still think I was, I was Yeah, there's, there's no, there was no midfield for both teams in the first right. half. I mean, every attack was just cruising through the middle all the way to the goal, and I really wanted someone like Lucatelli to come in and take control over that midfield, and it exactly what happened. Yeah. So do you think he got the lineup right with all the youngsters in there then? Yeah, to to a certain point, yeah. I mean, we're leading. I, it's hard to really diagnose what happened that led to two goals in I don't know what forty seconds. How the lineup long was. wasn't a problem. Seventy. Like, other than, I will say, Panucci um, has dusted everybody. He's dusted. Yeah. He ha- he. Not only can he not keep up the pace, but he can't organize to save his mm. life at the back there. It looked like we brought someone back from retirement, the way he was walking around and barely sprinting, his positioning, he, he turned so, I mean, it's just this out is of it. Sampdoria. This is a team that has scored going into this game 11 goals in all their mm-hmm. matches. The worst in the top five league, and he looked brutal. Yeah, he yeah, looked like it, a 45-year-old CB who was already retired. Looks like this guy then. Um, But at halftime, let's get to, I guess we can get to the changes. So it was Locatelli for Enzo and then Quadrado for Benucci. I had a question for you. I sent it to you. You probably didn't see it in the comments during your live watch long. I did see it. Did we go to four at the back there? I still think it was three. Well, the thing is, is that it can, it can act as both. I mean, it's a little okay. bit, it's a little combination of both there. When you got DeShilio that ended up sliding over to uh, the left side and whatnot, and it was like, is this a back three with uh, DeShilio there? Yes, it could also be considered back four if you consider Quadrado on the right side, right? Yeah. So, I think yeah, it it's a little bit of combination. I think what actually worked best for Juventus in this game is the fact that we didn't, like, Miretti did good because I believe Fajoli pushed so often and got up there was also an option there. And they actually both had very strong showings. And mm. more often than not, when Miretti's up there and whatnot, it's usually him trying to support Dushan and whatnot. But Fajoli was very, very active and very much involved up in the attacking third. And it just kind of helped everything. It was a big, big uh, difference. So they almost were able to keep Rabio, and even Rabio made his runs and got involved up high. But uh, Enzo and uh, Rabio ended up just cleaning up in the midfield. They had a good game. Farnachea had a great showing, great showing Mm -hmm. for him. So much, what a big difference from the first match in the derby Mm -hmm. to this one because he looked comfortable right out of the gate. In the derby, we had to wait for that. Started off rocky, and that was normal with the nerves and everything. But then he got he got into it. He got into it. This one from the start, Barnechea mm-hmm. was switched on, Let's and he was doing very me. very well, very very well. But you guys highlighted the halftime uh, changes yep. there. Locatelli in for uh, Enzo Quadrado, um, in for uh, Bonucci, 
And Benucci had to come out of that game. Absolutely had to come out of that game. And mm -hmm. to nobody's surprise, the thing it it it's it got much more solid, okay, and short up at the back for sure. I don't think I don't think Sampdoria really had anything in the second half. They no. had chances. Barely anything. And again, just trying yeah, to get uh, one-off opportunities and stuff. So we're going to get to uh, second half uh, highlights, talking points. We will get into uh, stats and everything in the game and whatnot. Um, but uh, let's get to it here. So 58th minute. This was absolutely brutal. The yellow card that Fajoli got. Like oh, that is a clean, clean challenge tackle. Like perfectly done. That wasn't so even bad. brutal. That was just wrong. That it was, was nothing at all. So Nick comes in here with this one, and he just says, "Larbitro uh, Nick here. Here, Frontera judge Fajoli's contact to be a foul. The yellow card is for stopping a promising attack, or SPA, as they consider the term. In that position, if it is a foul, no matter how light, it is a caution for stopping the attack. I believe the bigger issue here is that the call shouldn't have been a foul at all. Fajoli did not trip. Mm. The opponent, he did not push the opponent, and he did not hold. Here, he made side-to-side -side contact while challenging for the ball. The ball was within playing distance, so leaning into the opposition to establish position and ultimately win the ball. This caution was absolutely not supportable, as we all saw. That was brutal. This ref in the second half was all over the place. Yeah, he wasn't yeah. consistent at all. Even Gatti came in later on just to foreshadow. He came in later on, gave somebody a forearm shiver right in front of the linesman. Yeah. Not even a call. Yeah. And Luke and I were saying, I think we put it out on the main at the same time. We're like, that's a yellow card and yeah. a foul. Yeah, wow. and, and he was, even Stankovic was like smirking and going like, no, yeah. that's not a foul. Yeah. I mean, when he saw that yellow, he goes, no, never, no. never a yellow. Anyway. Especially for Stankovic, if you followed his career at all. Now, yeah. 63rd sure. minute, Adrian Rabio, the crazy horse. So, ball from Fajoli. I thought it was going to be a handball. thought it was going to be a handball, but he oh, slots it. He gets it home morning. very, very nicely and buries. So, nice, nice finish there. It looked like Fajoli was actually trying to hit Medetti, who was beyond Rabio. And then mm -hmm. Rabio ends up uh, settling it and hitting it on uh, the one time there. And uh, he finds a goal. Everybody immediately, and me, myself on the watch along, we're waiting for the replays to see it was what a handball, goes I down. Now, I will say from the angles, from the angles I saw, it appeared to be a handball. Mm -hmm. However, it's very tough to tell because there is an angle where you can see it slide down and if you were to turn from that moment it would look like it hit him in the bicep which is considered a handball because it's basically like your shoulder rotation point is where it ends anything below here and down is where you start to look at those handballs now on this one i couldn't see a good angle of looking at it that showed it hitting chest down and sliding down right mm -hmm. so it, it's a tough one um what did nick say so Nick says, Rabio controlled the ball with his chest and then shot ball in the net. Here, Rabio's arm can certainly be considered in a natural position. However, when a goal is 
imminently scored after the ball touches an arm or hand, the goal must be disallowed. It is an offense if a player scores an opponent's goal immediately after the ball has touched their hand arm, even if accidental. He believes VAR interpreted this as not having touched his arm. There is an exact picture in the IFAB laws of the game, again, which mark what is handball, what isn't, and he believes that they consider the contact to be not punishable due to where it hit him. This was a supportable call, but this is very borderline in Nick's opinion. We have another 50-50 call here, and that can also be another reason why VAR did not tell Frontera to go look at it. VAR is to fix clear and obvious errors, not to make judgments. Mm -hmm. So again, essentially there was nothing clear showing that, Hey, it didn't hit his chest, which was the initial call on the field. So they can't change it. Right. I don't now, know about are that. Sticking by that one photo where it's behind Rabio yeah. and the ball's here, but it, that's yeah, the city uh, Twitter police are all over this one this morning, especially yes. the says they're all, they're like, this is a clear, clear as day handball. Like what's going on here? Rubentis all over again. Another minus 15 points for this. You, yeah, this one comes down to, again, if you want to talk about that photo, that's not clear and definitive either, because mm -hmm. if you look at the trajectory of the ball, it is sliding down at one point. It's trying to nail and pinpoint a view of when it first hits Rabio. So it, that's a tough one. That's a tough at the one. End of the day. What a finish though. Yeah. Yeah. That, it was a great finish. Yeah, great finish. Yeah. There are. There are two things that annoy me. It might have been a handball, it might not. I mean, you said it, 50-50, tough call. Yeah. And two things annoy me. One, taking a, a picture of a specific moment and saying, yeah, this here shows that it was this and that. No, you got to watch the whole play from different angles, and then you can question it. I hate to just take one photo and judge by it. Yeah. Second thing is, you know, referees make mistakes and have 50-50 calls all the time in every game against Juve, for Juve, for Inter, but it's only when it happens to Juve that everyone starts screaming corruption as if the referees are perfect every yeah. game except for Juve. And I, I absolutely hate it. I mean, grow up, referees make mistakes. Yeah, I mean, uh, let's not concern ourselves with what uh, the Chihuahuas are saying, okay? Uh, let them yip. Um, but it's interesting once now that you get like these actual rule book, like you know, definitions mm -hmm. and whatnot, you could see how much is actually just 50-50. Like, he literally said, like, hey, one ref's going to call that, one's not, and it comes down to that. But VAR is not intended to make any judgments, only fix clear and obvious errors. So there you go. I would have to say I would agree with that, that you couldn't make a decision that that was a clear and obvious error by the referee based on the screenshots I was looking at. So again, we move on 66 minute Juan Cuadrado doing Juan Cuadrado things here. Very light contact, but there was contact there. He hits mm -hmm. the deck and uh, you'd think there was a sniper there in uh, the Tribuna 113 there, but there was not. And uh, <laughs> hey, PK, big deuce. Let's get the confidence going. Let's fire away here. Done, done and dusted. the wrong way, hammers this thing off the post. Rabio trying to bang on that rebound. That would have been your 10th, Jeremiah. Okay, but nah, uh, there you go. didn't work out. And uh, Dushan, Dushan, 
when things are going bad, man, they can go very, very bad. But we are definitely going to talk in full about Dushan as we're getting close to wrapping up the game here. So mm-hmm. well, we'll stick to this right now so we can drop but just, just Just staying on the penalty, I think at that moment, you have to be a soulless human being to be mad at him. Because I think a lot of people in that moment were like, God, we feel bad for him. Like... We really yeah, need, yeah. we needed him to score that goal. I, yeah, yeah. I, I laughed a bit on the watch along. I laughed a little bit yeah, because I'm thinking what, you know. it's just, it's totally like in this moment and you can't even, the guy's got a great rate of PKs and even that isn't falling for him now or not. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, we will talk about it okay, uh, yeah, more detail. 81st minute. Cadrado working on the left flank, cuts in, hammers the crossbar from a curling shot from outside there. We keep putting the pressure on. Finally, we seal the deal, and it's in the 93rd. Again, Kostic finds Vlaovic. This time, he's in the perfect spot, and he hammers this thing perfectly off the ground. Mm -hmm. Turk just gets enough of a hand to it, put it off the bar and out, and then Sule taps it home, and I'm thinking, Jesus, man, this guy, he could literally not buy one right now but anyways good for Sule and good for Dusan Vlaovic as Kostic was frustrated saying man mm-hmm. you can't buy one and he said let's go celebrate with the kid all right and he could say kid he's a little bit older than Vlaovic but there you go they go and celebrate class class move from Vlaovic but you could read it all over his face as he's sitting there hugging Sule that he wanted that one to fall for him but that's okay that's Hugging him a, a little extra tight there. He was like a little so, bit tight, like he little son of a four two, no. <laughs> four two. They get the job done. They get through. Like I said, we didn't make things easy on ourselves, but mm-hmm. there are some definite talk points about why we didn't make it easy for ourselves, and we'll get into that. What we're gonna do is uh, get your general views. Uh, any little quick, quick takeaways we want to do before we hit uh, the striped hearts apparel man of the match. So, Anth, overview. Yeah, uh, real quick. Yeah, I have the Fajolio. What a joke. Dusan can't buy a goal. We'll get into that more. One, I, we already touched on it. Max, I thought he got the lineup right. I also thought he got the substitutions. Uh, Omar, you mentioned it. Like, spot on again. So, I, Luca, what's that going to be? 40% credit today? Let me know in the comments there what you think. I thought all the youngsters played well. Uh, like, we... I've been hard in the past on Miretti, but I thought that was a good game from him Him and Enzo. I think that was probably Fajoli's best game he's ever played for Juventus for the first team. I can't think of one where he's played better. Like he was controlling the ball, like taking on three guys. Okay, Santoria stinks. But probably for me, that was his best game. And I know we'll get into the man of the match, but those were the things I just wanted to highlight. Just Max got it right. Subs were right. Youngsters played well. Yeah, Bonucci stinks. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, Omar, your quick thoughts on uh, this one recapping? Um, it was a fairly enjoyable match, wasn't it? Like, I enjoyed watching it. You were, I think it's like the third game in a row, maybe fourth, that you have the right attitude throughout the game. It's not that cagey stuff we used to see from the beginning of the season up until at least January, something has changed. They're, they're going for it. They're trying to get more and more goals. They're not sitting back. I mean, there is there is a mentality shift in the team, is what I feel from the past three, four games. Um, besides that, the rest are talking points. Dushan, Sule, Bravo. 
Uh, I think the kid has it. Uh, he, he does get into certain positions. He does have a good but a bit weak shot, but he can be he can be important for us. Yeah. For me, um, again, like, these are the games I talk about uh, the difference in execution. Max got everything right. There was not a – nothing Max did uh, wrong in this one. We hit the woodwork three times. One was a PK. You had uh, the header that gone up. We still ended up burying that one. But then you have Quadrados as well. We had a lot of opportunities outside of that where the guys just didn't quite execute. Sule could have put one in um, – before he scored his goal and uh, he got his shot all wrong. I thought if he, if he clipped that thing short side, it's probably in the back of the net. You've got Dushan probably in his head. And for me right now, it is in his head. He got free and clear on one on a very nice through ball. All he had to do was one touch and probably have a hit. Touch too far chooses inside. not to do it because why? Because he's overthinking everything mm-hmm. right now. And this you can the, read it all over him, all right? This so, is the best I've seen it right here. His yeah. negative enemies are right between the ears. Yeah. yeah it feels like well, the pressure well, has gotten to him, finally. You, I, can, you can see it. I, I and the thing the, is, at Juventus, it's, it's so, so much different, okay? At Fiorentina, you can have a string of bad games, and you're not going to read about it every single day. You're not going to mm-hmm. hear about it all over the media over and over and over. The second you come to Juve, we've seen it. The Like our whole fandom, you've seen it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely anything is under the microscope. Everything is under the microscope at Juventus. Okay? These guys. I think yeah, I think with Vlavic, I think we're – Omar, just to sort of disagree with you a little bit. I think we're beyond the pressure. I think he's just he he's just so far into his head now that it's not even the he's it's not even external pressure. It's like the internal pressure and the demons. And it's I don't think it's any external. I think the external pressure is a lot less than the own pressure he's putting on himself to score now. I think it's just it's just snowballing. You you said external internal. I just said pressure could be either, but something is. getting to him and yeah like i said it's not fiorentina but it's not like the end of the world i mean when players mm-hmm. make that shift from smaller teams to bigger teams it happens look at tonali's first season at milan and his second season it takes time to get used to being criticized all the time and having all the cameras at you and everything you do gets mm-hmm. analyzed and you get you know critiques from all the journalists to hate you then just waiting for you to make a mistake but He'll need to grow out of it, but at the moment, it seems like some, you know, it got into his head. It messes with him. Listen, he had to. So originally, there was a lack of service, which we could all agree on. All right, and he had to get through that. The frustrations were showing. He had to get his head right. He did. Then he's got an injury, gets injured. Okay, then he comes back to a different system that he wasn't even playing in before, before the service came and everything. Then all of a sudden now chances are ramping up. But the problem is you've gone so long, you know, where you're getting a goal here and there. His rate was surprisingly still holding up pretty good through Mm -hmm. all that. But you could tell it wasn't feeling, it didn't feel, and you could read it all over the players. It's not clicking. It's just not clicking. But this game, Sampdoria game, was probably the most involved he's been in a long time and he should have been because they're bottom feeders and they do stink 
Um, and again, he was more involved. He was doing the right things. He had some opportunities that got blocked that were in great positions. He was getting touches inside the box. He was holding up good. Again, it's going to come. Wayne Gretzky, the best hockey player ever, had a streak of not scoring for almost 10 games and whatnot, and people never talked about, is he done? Is he finished? Whatever. Michael Jordan, the best to ever play in his sport, had a shooting percentage Larry of Bird. less than 40% that he carried for multiple, multiple games. Okay? And nobody said, these guys are done. I'm not saying Dushan Vlaovic is going to be to his sport what those guys were to his sport. But what I'm saying is that absolutely every athlete has hidden a cold streak and a slump. It does not mean he's finished. He is 23. Relax, relax. Dushan Vlaovic will be fine. Are we doing man of the match or are we talking about Dushan? I was talking about Dushan. Obviously, we're talking about Dushan. We haven't got oh, to man of the match. He's not man of the match. I, I got some numbers for you on a, on a, on a football. I know you mentioned Jordan and uh, Gretzky. I got some other Let, numbers for you. Let's go. Here's it. Would you give up on this player? 21 years old. He had 43 appearances. This is a striker. 43 appearances, 13 goals. At 22, he had 35 appearances, 15 goals. 23, 47 appearances, 32 goals. Smashed it. Injury cut shortcut season 25. He comes back with 45 goals, 45 appearances, and 12 goals. Would you give up on that player? Twitter would. You wouldn't because that's Del Piero. I know it's Del Piero. Right? Just Juventus had to make a decision there and they stuck with him. Twitter yeah. wouldn't have stuck with him in uh, 1998. Yep. Well, good luck. Good luck for us then. Mm hmm. I mean, it was felt around the stadium, too, that it's just not falling for him. At some point, I think after the penalty, people were starting to cheer on him and, you know, trying to lift his spirit because they saw it just, it wasn't bad. It was just some black magic. Even Stankovic went on to, have, to hug him after the game. And I guess he told him that this stuff happens and keep calm and he's a great player. But it takes a lot from for the manager of the team that just lost to go and hug the striker of the other team. Mm -hmm. There's obviously yeah. some sort of relation there, but it was more than just he was bad. He was unlucky, and I could feel it even watching at home that people I, are sympathizing with him. There, there's some comments here about Keane and <clears throat> other questions. We've saved these, so don't think we're ignoring you. We'll get to those in the uh, Yeah, we're going to get to a Storm the Barn session for sure. Let's get into uh, the Stripe Charts again, uh, everybody. If you choose to support the channel, there are multiple ways. One is Super Chat, which is enabled. If you choose to do so, we appreciate it. Or check we, out we the do. merch, okay? Look at us both rocking the Gobia Ooh. hoodies there hey. in our YouTube store, okay? And uh, check it out. Show some love. Now, man of the match. Ant, who's your man of the match? Lou, cover yours. Uh he... I thought Rabio, other than the goals, I thought he had a good game, uh, very good game, both ends of the pitch. You know, it can't be not denied. You put two bangers away, you're going to get it. More so for me, the honorable mentions. Again, I'm going to go with uh, Fajoli and Meretti for the honorable mentions. Yeah. But uh, head and shoulders away, I think it was Rabio for this one for me. There you go. There you go. Omar, who's your man of the match? Look. No. 
in the second half, it was Lucatelli, hands down. But I can't pick only the second half. So overall, in the game, it's Rabio. I mean, come on. It was Rabio yesterday. He was everywhere, scored two goals as a midfielder. Honorable mentions, I'd give it to Fajoli and Kostic. Maybe even Bremer, although when conceding two goals that easily, it's sometimes feel, it's hard to give credit to the defense. But he did get a goal since 2018-19. Only Van Dijk. Van Dijk is the only center back who scored more than Bremer. So yeah. He's a stat for you. Yeah. Man of the match. Uh, yeah. Uh, this one's for uh, Sweet Lou on our team. Adrian Rabio. All right, so uh, that's uh, the man of the match. But, uh, yeah, honorable mentions, uh, Pajoli for sure, Miretti, uh, Kostic even. This guy continues to just, like, he doesn't need a break. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. He just does not need a break. Um, just keeps going and going and going. But uh, Kostic for me, honorable mention with Fajoli, Miretti, and uh, I think Bremer as well. You could tell the uh, the difference when um, Benucci was in there to when Benucci moved out and uh, it was night and day. So uh, now we're going to get into some of these off topics and whatnot. And of course, Benucci is one of them. We've been saying it throughout this show. You can't even trust him against a team like Sampdoria. Is Rugani ahead of him on the pecking order right now, Omar? We haven't been saying it only throughout this podcast i mean we've been saying it throughout the season yeah multiple times even back in november and october you could clearly see it and it hasn't improved granted eventually he had some sort of injury uh, i thought that max just had enough of him and just saw that it doesn't work but what can we say yeah rugani should be ahead of him i mean he he still has room to evolve a bit and get a little better. Bonucci is obviously done. Obviously. I mean, when you watch the match, the guy is obviously done. When you watch the season, okay, I won't pick on a particular match, but does he have any performance that's worth noting this season? Any at all? No. A, a goal versus Paris Saint-Germain, yeah, okay. Besides yeah. that, I mean, if that's not a sign to move on, I don't know what is. Yeah. Yeah. He has another year on his contract. Yeah. Benucci? Yeah. 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 But Rugani, yeah. I, and I mean, it's clear. And if you're looking at the live chat right now, yeah, it's Rugani is ahead of him now. So Benucci, and again, now he's injured. And that's another part of the issue, too, is that he, he also cannot stay fit. Then you have the Paul Pogba scenario now with potentially another three weeks in the muscle tear. So the rumors will get crazy, everybody, in terms of Paul mm -hmm. Pogba and Juventus finding some type of solution for both in the summer. Listen, they're going to need... Paul's got all the leverage right now in this scenario, everybody. So if you're banking on something, I'm not because... Nobody's going to come buy him, okay? So nobody's coming in to buy Paul Pogba. Number two, he's got all the leverage in terms of the signed contract, the agreement, and everything. It's going to take a hell of a severance package to see Paul out. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. 
I wouldn't be surprised if there's some hidden clause in the contract that we don't know about in case of injuries, but it doesn't sound like Cherubini and uh, Riva Bennett to do something like that. Here's the thing. If that was a possibility, do you not think we would have hit that before with a guy like Aaron Ramsey? You can't. No, I'm saying, I'm saying it's specific to Pogba's contract. Yeah, but what I'm, I'm saying is, again, using historic, if they didn't do it with a guy like Aaron Ramsey, you think they're going to do it with a guy like Paul Pogba? I don't know. But that was Paratici, and that guy is just the worst, the worst one I've ever seen as a general director. But it's, it's off topic. Pogba, I mean, you got to get used to the fact that that's it. That's the season for him. Even if he gets back in one month, it's already mid-April. Yeah. Until he gets into the rhythm and it's just, it's the end of the season. Not to say he's not going to get injured again. Get used to it. And I'm, I posted something today and it made me feel better about it. Like every Mercado, you have bingos and you have guys who are just, not and you drop the ball with them. You you sign Lichtsteiner and Vidal and Pirlo and Pirlo, and you also sign Lucio. Okay. Yeah. The question is, how are the percentages percentages going? Like, did you got more bingos or not? So we did sign Bremer, we did sign Kostic, Di Maria, Fajoli is a new face, and and Milik, mm-hmm. Paredes and Pogba are not bingos. These were terrible deals, but still. That's not even above thirty uh, percent of our transfer uh, summer transfer market. So I'm mm-hmm. fine with it. Okay, you're not going to get a hundred percent players banging on all cylinders all season. It happens. The this other time, thing too. The only thing is the salaries. That's that's the main issue. The other thing too is money. the fact that like even if a player is injury prone, I would never expect it to be to this level. Like this yeah, is that, crazy. Mm-hmm. Aaron Ramsey was probably the worst I've seen, and he's got a better record than Pogba for appearances and showing up and whatnot. What ended up happening with Ramsey is there was a complete breakdown between club and player because he was dissatisfied with how he was being played and used out there on the pitch. Otherwise, even he was playing more than Paul Pogba. If anybody says they would expect it to this degree, I challenge that because this is mind-blowing. This is mind blowing. Yeah, and you can see it on his face too today. Oh yeah, yeah. After, after he went to J Medical and got out, he didn't have it in him to even take selfies with the fans. Yeah, and you know what? To me, that's that's him. Like he's embarrassed by this, and he, you know, rightfully so. He he's yeah. got to read about this. He's got to hear about this all the time. It, it's like it's beyond a joke at this point, and he can feel that now, and that's the first sign. That it's actually getting into him now. That he's just like, you know what, this is brutal. And, and above everything, and putting everything aside, I do believe that he's a guy who likes football and likes to play football. And he misses it and he wants to be there. I mean, that video today showed me that he's frustrated, he's angry, yeah. and he's ashamed and he just wants to be there. And Which is a good sign, but can't guarantee and, anything. And that's a great point. Because the first thing I thought when I saw that was I was actually relieved because I would have been more upset if he was happy, smiling and went over there and was doing all that. Because some might say, well, look at this guy. The least you can do is go talk to these kids or whatnot. Well, no, he's pissed off and he should be. He should be because he should want to get in there, whatever. So he's feeling the frustration. 
dude, injuries are the shits and whatnot, but this situation is is out of control. It is out of control. And again, if people are hoping for things to clear up in the summer, Juve has no leg to stand on, okay? Um, they have no leg to stand on. Paul's got all the leverage. It's very but, difficult. But I do agree with the people saying that Juve should look into getting rid of him. At the end of the day, with all the emotions and the love, this is a business. He costs a lot of money to the business and it's something that they should be contemplating at the very least. They should be looking into alternatives and getting out but i'm just yeah. saying it's it gonna be, be extremely difficult nearly impossible maybe some mls or i don't know someone in yeah uh, the arab emirates or anything but not in europe yeah. yeah it's not gonna happen so he's gonna so he's looking at about a month off which means that's freiburg inter break verona inter Coppa Italia second leg oh, sorry, late april leg. man late april and then lazio Maybe back for Sassuolo on the 16th. I think this year's done, boys. And then, I don't yeah. like. I don't even think they would. I don't even think they're going to do anything. Yeah. So, first off, you know, I got a soft spot for guys with injuries. I really do, and I agree. It's it's the most frustrating thing, and I, I can see he's probably past the point of like, you know, making the appearances of like he's. He's still the upbeat person because he was pissed off today. Coming out of that J Medical, he was he was pissed off. And just like we all are. But I'm not going to dump on him. I can just say, like, Omar, that's a great point. Sometimes you hit on players, sometimes you miss. We signed him to a long-term contract. So, personally, I wouldn't dump him this summer. I think we should see what we got next year, right? Um, because Paredes is out, Rabio's out. I think we with those guys going, potentially Sandro, I think we have enough holes to fill. Yeah. And I know I know we're saying is he going to fill a spot? We don't know what the injuries, but him going that's just another spot to have to fill. I just I think we should ride out at least one more year with him cuz we don't even know if Max is going to be the guy next year. But we're uh, not going to and this is my thing. While everybody to wants summer. to talk about, you know, the Pogba thing, get rid of him, do this and whatnot. Mm-hmm. You may not have the option Okay, Correct. you may not have the option. Why well, see comments like this? Finally, you're saying the right thing. I said the same thing about Pogba is enough. Your opinion doesn't mean it's right thing. Doesn't mean saying the right thing. That is your opinion. But saying you want to get rid of them, that's great. We can all sit here all day. I yeah, want to get rid cool. of them. I want to get rid of them. It doesn't mean shit when you have a contract. Right. That's the bottom line. Like the Max. bottom line is it comes down to a piece of paper and a pen that the club and the players sign. So we could say, mm-hmm. get rid of them. Okay. You want to get rid of the coach too and pay 60 million to get rid of the coach? Are you crazy? We don't have the money. And now you, what mm-hmm. do you think it's going to cost Juventus to break Paul Pogba's contract? Mm-hmm. It's going to be oh, by a the massive way. amount of money. Oh, by the way. Who do you want to and... bring in for players next year? If Dusan Vlaovic leaves... That's going to be your only source of income, potentially. Mm-hmm. You have to wait and relax. You might not be able to. Juventus might have their hands tied. They might be handcuffed like this when it comes to Paul Pogba. People don't understand that. That's we the bottom line. The, we, we still have the Prisma investigation, which may hamper us financially, where we can't make any deals. Yeah. Yeah. Like they may they may close the transfer window on us, and we're just that's we have to bring up just uh, Primavera yeah. players. The best 
case scenario, Juventus finds an agreement with Paul Pogba, okay? But don't bank on that. Not happening. And this is the reason why. If Paul Pogba is struggling this much, think about this. What makes you think he is going to be even more willing to break that contract? Can Mm -hmm. he afford to break his contract like this if he has any hopes of playing beyond and making any more money? What? No. From from a player standpoint, Anthony, Omar, I want you to put yourselves in Paul Pogba's shoes, okay? I have. If you were in his shoes, would you break this contract or give them an out and take like some type of severance? No, not, not in that manner. You can't. If you have any no. hopes of playing beyond or going to another league or making some kind of bigger payoff, you can't have it end like this. That's why I'm not banking on Juve getting out of this. I think, I think the frustrating thing for fans in general is that we always have someone like that on our team and we just couldn't get away from it. If it's not Pogba, then it's Ramsey. If it's not Ramsey, it's Kadira or it's Dybala. And it just Nobody's I mean, saying it's not frustrating. It's frustrating oh, yeah, as 100%. hell. And it's just season after season we have someone like that. So I get why fans are angry, but... But the idea is to Pogba. just say dump them or get rid of them or whatever. It's not no, easy. It's not so easy at all. It's not viable. I mean... No. To be realistic. And I've never been signed on a 10 million season contract. So I can't say, yeah, I would drop it all just because I love the club. And yeah, a player can, like that's not gonna, yeah. a player yeah. like that's not going to admit defeat, right? He's going to want to come back and prove to player to to the fans and to the club that he's he's worth that money. He wants to prove it back. I think he wants to prove it to the fans that he can do it, but he just keeps getting he just keeps yeah. getting injured it, again. Frustrating as hell. We all agree on that. And this is a I'm more reasonable, calm, big mistake to get him. Okay, you can make that argument for sure, sure. Big mistake. Like Omar's point, you hit and you miss. Sometimes you hit, sometimes you miss. But for the most part, Juve's hit this season. And so, he was free. Yeah. Now, Rabio, Adrian Rabio, rumors reporting that Max is going to do everything in his power to keep him. It's just going to come down to the money. Did I you hear still that? don't see it. Did still you? don't see it. I heard a scream somewhere. Was that? <laughs> that was Lou there. Um, it's coming from Pittsburgh. I'm not banking on this at all. Do you guys think there's any chance? I can't see his demands dropping enough to make it happen. No, no chance. He's playing with us next year. I think it's I as close to zero as but you could get. If we get in the Champions League, do you think he'll stay? I still don't think so because the demands won't change. Yeah. I yeah, can't but, see him dropping his demands. I mean, but he does recently. We, we've been talking about him from the beginning of the season, and I always said it's not a one-off match that he's been great. We need consistency. We need to see him do it again and again. And he has done it this season. He has been consistent so far. He can drop off again. I'm not saying he won't. But if but if he does continue like that, is he not justifying the salary that He's requesting while Pogba sits on the bench and gets a four-year contract and the same salary. You can make that argument. And if we do get the Champions League, then that's more money. Maybe it's affordable. Yeah. If. Yeah. If. I, I'm not making a judgment yet. I don't know. Maybe if he drops off again, he leaves. That's it. If we get more points deducted, he leaves. 
yeah, no, let's just say no points in Champions League. The only way I can see Rabio staying and the club paying him is if some by some miracle Pogba's gone. That's the only way I can see us justifying the club justifying paying the money to him if they offload another big salary. But yeah. I just I don't see it. I don't see them because they're being really good with their salaries now, right? They got Baratici out to Omer's point. That guy was a nightmare. And I think they're they're really doing a good job now of getting their salaries and their contracts in line in a yeah. more sustainable manner manner. So yeah, this Pogba thing though, Jesus Christ. It's it's always something with you. It's always something like Ant's point there. Always something. It's always somebody, whatever. He happens to be the one now. Again, we gotta see what happens. And and as frustrating as it is for the fans, it's about a thousand times more frustrating for the player. Oh yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't uh, know. This one's pretty frustrating. Trust me, it is. Sule, we saw um, him finally get his first goal for Juventus. I thought he put in a great shift. I still mm-hmm. say, and it's funny because I've been talking about him a lot, him getting stronger at striking the ball. And I think he lets himself down in certain great areas. He does so good to get in there, but he just can't put the mustard on it. He legitimately talks about it and saying... So post-match, yeah. Yeah, post-match, I improved a lot. Still have a margin of improvements needed, especially physically in the defense phase with marking. I have to get better at striking the ball in motion because I've had a few chances wasted. There you go. That's uh, his one uh, improvement that I could say for him. Once he gets that, man, he is so good at getting into those shooting areas. Like, he's so good at getting in there. It's uh, it's just it's a matter of time. He's just He's got to work on getting those hits up there because they're always low and dribblers and the keepers are getting there. Um, so he's got to, he's got to get some strength on there, but I was really happy with Sule mm-hmm. out of the youngsters. You know, if you take Fajoli out of the equation, who do you think is the best in terms of ability, talent, whatnot? If you had to say like Miretti, Barnechea, Sule, whatnot, would you automatically jump to Miretti because we've seen him the most or do one of you think that, Maybe Sule or someone else is a bit better. Yeah, that's that's the right mm. question. I mean, is, does appearances mean he's the one with the highest ceiling? I think from what I've seen to my own personal judgment, I think uh, Ealing Jr. has the highest ceiling. Mm-hmm. If you take Fajoli out. But I've seen far less of him than I've seen of Miretti. So it's not a fair judgment. Yeah, I actually mm. think Sule has... Uh, the highest potential if he can get like two more things nailed down i would actually say suling has the uh the higher potential but enzo's enzo's really all have high high right yeah no no no. i both good calls enzo's come in and they just totally kick paredes out of the second spot there behind locatelli and for a youngster to do that, I know he's not very young. I think he's like 22, more well, still young. But uh, I've, I've been impressed with him. Again, Ealing Jr., fantastic. They're, they're all fantastic. But Enzo's been, uh, again, Santorio stinks. But he, I thought he played. I thought he played well yesterday. So I'd like I to see more of him. To the I people that have been on there. me, for the people that have been on me for saying that I would potentially loan out Medetti next season. I would. If too. he plays like that, keep in mind that's bottom feeder Sampdoria. But if he can keep mm. that up consistently from here on out and do it against the stiffer tests, then 
I retract my statement, okay? But one okay, game okay. does not change anything for anybody. But, but that was a good confirmation that they are good enough for Serie A. Yeah. But I've never I mean, doubted that. I've never doubted that. that no, they're I, good I need enough to for see Serie more of them. Look, you good enough for mid-table Serie A. Yeah, which is fine. Everyone start, has to start somewhere. Yep. Yeah. Now, so we have some, and look at that. There's some difference in here. So Meran says that Ealing for him has the highest uh, ceiling. Alex Juve mm -hmm. says Baronecea. You've got uh, uh, Fagioli Medetti. You've got Ealing Jr. Best potential from Jeremiah. Alex Juve Medetti can grow if we send him on loan. There you go. Again, it's a, it's a preference thing and just eye test on what people see. Storm the barn. We're going to try and hammer some of these out uh, as quick as possible. So mm -hmm. Luca kicks things off with how hyped are we to see Lewis spend his hard-earned cash on a jersey with his arch enemy oh, so on the back excited. of it? I can't wait. I I'm can't so wait. excited. Thought we were going to see it. Uh, I'm asking Jeremiah if it's cool if we can at least get a snapshot of him wearing it before we actually ship it to you because that would be epic. Get a video recording of him pushing the purchase button, okay, online, mm -hmm. and then uh, hopefully wearing it too. I, Jeremiah, yeah. we are going to maximize this Oh yeah, as much as possible. Trust us. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, Tracy, I, I personally don't like how Keen is the worst striker to ever wear the shirt and called every name in the book. But when it comes to Dushan, we're so understanding and excusing. Well, here's the thing. Um, That's a good point. It's a good point. I'm not but lie. I haven't been harsh on Keen, so I don't really look at it that way, right? There's no. people that but, are harsh on everybody that turn on oh, him yeah. in the game. But Keen, you know, <sighs> Dushan, yeah, that's tough. I mean, are we okay? Have we been too soft and patient on Dushan? Yeah, we we might have. Mm -hmm. I mean, there there is a personal element here of of players you just like and players you don't. And I think for Kane, at least for me, it's the the off the field antics. It's that being late to training with the Azuri and uh, I don't know everything that happened with him. I can't remember now, but there were a lot of stuff that going on behind the scenes. That make me kind of, you know, turn to him and say, because Dushan is working his ass off. He is trying. He does want to, to be there, but he just, it's just not falling for him. And he has his faults, I, I'm sure. And I'm, I didn't, you know, sell Keen and that's it. The guy is shit. But I do agree with him. I mean, there is a sort, sort of bias towards who you like more and who you like less. If I think, I think about we're... it, the difference is what we've seen out of Dushan and what we know he can do and the ceiling that's there in comparison to Keen. And I think that's the biggest difference. So it's people mm -hmm. really being wishful, having wishful thinking and wanting him to hit, number one, not just his ceiling, but where he was before he got to us. He mm -hmm. was in a better state. So it's like, why can't we at least just even have that, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe that's why a little more forgiven, Anth. I don't think... And I, I'm fully on board with both those points. I don't think Keen has he's he's stepped it up since last season. Uh, last season wasn't very good, um, but I, I think we we are a little bit hard on him. But to your point, out we know where Vlaovic could be. Yeah, and I think we expect him to be there. We haven't seen Keen get to those levels anywhere close to that. So, but I think there is a point there. I think we. I think we need to be a little bit softer on Keen, but geez, come on, Deuce on. Yeah, Deuce got to get those her demons, going. man. Yeah, if, if, a jolly, if a jolly was as bad as Paredes, would, would we be 
through arginine the same way we are on Paredes? That's that's the question. If he was as bad as Paredes, yeah, I would be because that's bad. Oh, yeah. That's bad. Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, hell, I think uh, I like to think we keep it somewhat level-headed if we're talking about potentially loaning Miretti and whatnot, and people are fighting it like crazy. And it's like, hey, it's a, it's an option. It's a, it's a real possibility based on what we were seeing out of his performances overall, right? Does anybody want to see it? No, of course, everybody would want to see him stay with us and thrive. But if it ain't happening, that's a realistic option, right? Luca, in keeping with his Dushan patience. Why have people given up on Gatti? Should Luka we not Gatti. be given all the younger guys chances? So I people really stick to what is said about players and what's going on. And I believe, um, you know, when Romeo Gresti comes on the show here and he says that Gatti isn't necessarily impressing, so to speak, in trainings and, and stuff like that. And I think it really sticks with people. And then all of a sudden they start to change and whatnot. But uh, Gatti himself, we heard otherwise in terms of what we were going to see in the second uh, half of the season, that he was going to get much more minutes and we were going to utilize him and whatnot. I will say this. All I can say on Gatti is I haven't seen nearly enough to give up on the guy. I haven't seen nearly enough. But in the same token, when he's out there, yeah, he looks very green. I'd probably expect him to be a little bit ahead of where he's at, but the guy needs minutes. But I would play him over Bonucci any day of the week and twice on Sunday right now. I would do that because Bonucci is – it's it's done. It's done. So Gatti needs more reps in my opinion. Guys, on Gatti? Yeah, maybe we just expect a bit too much from our youngsters – when it comes, especially when it comes to center backs, it takes and time. I mean, remember, youngster with Gatti is funny too because you know, yeah. Yeah, but first season in Serie A and for defenders, yeah. it's more like twenty-eight is the age of you know your peak, maybe, and not like twenty-five, twenty-four. The guy, he's trying. He is trying. It's a big leap for him from Serie B to Serie A and playing Champions League. Suddenly playing against Mbappe and those guys, I mean, it's a whole nother level. Like you said, we haven't seen enough yet to make a final judgment. But Rugani was also pretty shit when he was 23. Bonucci didn't get his 24. 24, he turned 24 this season, I believe. Yeah. I mean, Bonucci wasn't all that great at that age, too. Took, mm-hmm. him, took him a while. It's it's just like that with defenders. I, I give them more credit and more time, yeah, to prove themselves because the young age is is a big factor here. I don't mind putting the youngsters into the midfield. You know, you can kind of swap them in and out. And I'm with Max on this one. The back line is where you want to keep the most consistency and the most experience. I know you have to put other guys in there, and I know Gatti needs to. I agree with that. But if I'm going to sacrifice youngsters in one spot this season, it's going to be at the back. I mean, we we forgave keep the consistency. Licht. We forgave the licht a lot in his first season. Yep, a lot. Yeah, the handballs. Yeah, <laughs> the start of the year that was ridiculous. <sighs> yeah. Uh, so Swati coming in here. Will Chiesa and Di Maria be back against Freiburg on Thursday? Di Maria will be in on Thursday. Chiesa, we still have no word. So still Mm -hmm. no word on Federico Chiesa. But Di Maria 
good to go for go. Thursday. All right. Um, in terms of Bremer, Bremer has posted on social media saying he is all good to go and that he has no uh, issues. And he thanks everybody for the kind messages to me. Sounds all systems go for Bremer as well. So I'd be shocked yeah. not to see uh, him on uh, Thursday. I so love how Max there, just but said, we're waiting on Chiesa. Max said another one. Just there was another one about Bremer here. Uh, another question. Did we get it? Yeah, there was another one here that asked the same thing and something more. Wait, I think I can. Well, I'm just going up. through Storm the Barn here because we got about another four. We want to rapid fire here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, it's it relates. I, I want to touch on that because that was a good question by Vincenzo G. Okay, what's the question, Omar? I, I wait. I'm looking for it. Go on. I, I'm looking for it. Okay, so well, Rabio, what are the chances of him scoring a hat trick at the before the end of the season? Zero. I don't think he'll get a hat trick. Just needs one. Jeremiah just says, "I just need one." Yeah, he just needs one goal. But I don't well, know. He could, one... but I don't. I don't think so. The last midfielder I remember was Kadira to score a hot trick for Juve. Maybe Rabio is the guy. Better to keep Pogba or Paredes. Say that you can only get rid of one of them. <laughs> Holy! Christ. I would. I would fly. I would row a boat from here to Italy <laughs> to drive Paredes out of the building myself. Yeah, I, I, would, I would take rather my see... chances and take the one game of Pogba you would mm-hmm. get. Over uh, seeing 20 times Paredes play the way he has for us. Barnachea came in and completely took over that spot for him. Yeah. Now, how many games has Paredes played? Maybe half a dozen? Maybe? Yeah. This kid's played one and a half games and has already, like, Willie pipped that kid, that guy out of the spot. So yeah. it's not even close. That question's not even close for me. I'd rather see. Pogba skiing for the next four years than seeing Paredes on the pitch. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. What's it? Is Illing getting uh, getting the little game time, and should he be loaned out? So, yeah, for me, I'm just I'm shocked. I said like I think he should be getting more based on how much we're using Kostic and stuff like that. But there was He's somebody that was joining me on the live yesterday for the watch along, and he said that uh, he has followed Kostic his entire career. He does not need a break. The guy is a machine. But I mean, even if he man. can do it. We should be getting Illing more minutes than what he's uh, been getting because I think, number one, when he is in there, he's warranted it. Um, He's got a high potential. And uh, there are games where just because you don't have to doesn't mean it's not a good idea to give Kostic breaks and stuff like that. So I believe we should be getting Illing some more game time. And I honestly don't think we should be looking at loaning him out based on the position he mm-hmm. covers. Not just yet. We need to wait till the summer to see what develops on the roster. It could be an option, though, based on what yeah. happens in the summer. But right now, I don't see a reason to. I yeah. fully believe that uh, Kostic, on his spare time, is getting full blood transfusions like those professional cyclists to oxygenate, mm-hmm. oxygenate his blood. There's, there is no other explanation for this guy to play that much and run that hard for and continue to do it i have no idea how it's drugs he's on drugs so i I have a following question in my opinion i have a following question uh first of all to answer that question we do have the privilege of moving these guys back and forth next gen u23 senior Mm -hmm. squad so they are getting playing time i mean sule and dealing played in champions league i believe with the next gen 
just a week ago and that's then right. jump back. So that's a good thing for us. And so I have a following question to that. Who is the most irreplaceable player in the roster right now? That if, if he gets injured, we have no one on that level. Is it Kostic? Tech? No. No, no, I'm just joking. Um, is it Kostic? Irrepla- most irreplaceable. That that an injury to him right now would be crucial, super crucial for you. Locatelli. It could be Locatelli. I probably Kostic is a good call. Bremer's a good call. Just I'm just thinking of who would come in. For uh, I'd go no, with because, I'd go with Locatelli. Because Locatelli. Game, so while Barneche did such a good job, the game changed once Loka came on the pitch. Yeah. yeah. Like but it the, really, really, we really took over control and and put the gears in. The only thing is, Loka we have like seven midfielders. We have like seven midfielders. That's the thing. We have seen Rabio play even back there for just half an hour or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, if Kostic gets injured, that's throwing a lot in in his yeah. face. I want to keep things moving here. Um, want to talk about a couple things sandro obviously being out there yesterday and fans are actually starting to say that you know obviously sandro being out do we make a switch to a back four do we i don't actually see the need to do that i think it just comes down to personnel but is sandro crucial to this team is he one of those guys that everything changes because some are saying that we're not giving sandro enough credit and it showed yesterday that he's making it hard for us to operate without him I said to the reverse. My theory on this one was no discredit to Sandro and what he's done this season. But, you're about but for to. me, it's more Benucci. Benucci being in there, that hurt us more than Sandro being out. Your guys' quick thoughts on that one before we move on. Yes and no. I mean, he does quick make thoughts. it. Yeah, he does make it easier when we play a back three. But when we do try without him, I mean, both goals, we can't shift. Bremer and Danilo all across the back line. They need to have some solidified position in mm-hmm. the back three. And when Danilo moved to the left, we conceded. Both goals came from the same side. He, he does have issues there. He's far better on the right. Maybe Bremer can pull it off, but then you need someone centrally. But Sandro is important to the three-man back line right now because we have no left-footed CB whatsoever. That's right. So that, I agree that's that. a tough question. Yeah. Right and now, right well with four at the back with the Shilio on the left or rather on the right, Danilo and Bremer together in the center. We're good, hmm. they are good together. Just we've been my thing has always been this season. Can we please find a farging consistent lineup? And the best consistent lineup we had is with Sandro, Danilo, and Bremer at the back. When you take one of those pieces out, you're going to lose a little bit. And so, just for this season, I think we are losing a little bit when he's not, when he's not in there in yeah. terms of consistency. There needs to be solutions to keep Benucci from starting. Don't be sorry to say that because we no. can all see it. Um, it's just, it's time. Real quick, will Rabio be our MVP come end of season? I think he no. will, but close contest with Di Maria. Is he in the, is he the front runner right now for you guys? He's, he's been the most consistent from beginning to now. Yeah, and now to our last question, he was actually chosen by quite a few in the live chat as if you take him out of the lineup, we suffer. Yeah. So Rabia was being named by quite a few in the live mm-hmm. chat. Is he the front runner for you for MVP right now, Omar? I think it's still Di Maria. I mean, 
the stuff De Maria did literally saved us games. The goals he got, the his assists, he, he just is important, especially in big games. Rabio is not always great at big games, but he's overall yeah. very consistent this season. Di Maria is a factor that changes games. Can Kostic be considered in the MVP running right now? Yeah, if he keeps those numbers up. I think so. Running, I think yeah. he could be a dark horse to maybe be our MVP come season's end. Um mm -hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see to follow that one along. But those guys are definitely, definitely in the mix. This is one I want to talk about. So we got Mario Messi saying off topic. Does anyone know? So this, and I, it drives me absolutely crazy, but there was actual signs in the stadium. Okay. Mm -hmm. Calling for silence. silence. Yep. Okay. And certain now it's led to be believed that there were ultra members and whatever that were pushing for this, that were getting everybody to purposely do this and be silent. This pisses me off. Okay. This, this team and these players, I feel for them because they've, they've been playing away from home for so long. I understand what the ultras want and all this and whatnot, but that is not how you go about your business and getting in. Some will argue against me and say that, oh, you know what? That is, they have to make these statements. They have to get that going. You know what? Take the ultra nonsense out of the equation. And why can't you just be a fan and go and support the club you love? It's all about the club you love. You want to talk about treatment, but you guys are ignoring the fact that some of your own in the ultras were holding the club ransom. So you know what? Try to go about correcting things in a proper manner, not fire away at the guys who don't deserve it, which is the actual fucking players. Okay? So to call for silence pisses me off more than anything. And to the ultras, I, I feel for them and what happened because the mass got punished for the few, for what the few did. But what they are doing is also wrong. And two wrongs don't make a right. It's mm -hmm. pissing me off. That's how I feel. What do you guys think? Yeah, it's a, there's, a, there's a bigger, there's a lot more behind the scenes. And I know there's, we've covered it and some other, some other channels have covered it. It's a bigger issue behind the scenes, but none of us want to see something like this. We're not over there, so we don't have all the details, like the minutia of all the conversations between the ultras and the club. Definitely this offseason, we hope here at the All UV cast that over there they can have meetings or between the club and the ultras to sort this out. But yeah, when it it was a it was a church service yesterday. Oh, but there was, was there was a clear banner that said uh, How many times on the live silent. feed did you hear the announcer being like, Oh my god, it's a theater in here? Like it's just a theater yeah. in here. It's it's dead. It's dead. It's brutal. It pains me. But to do it on purpose to try and get what they're trying to do is just the worst. If anything, show and 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 I know that they feel like if they show what they bring and what mm -hmm. they can do, that they're giving it to them without getting what they want. Okay, and they want their cheaper uh, discounts on tickets and whatnot. They want to be allowed all this, which I believe that to some degree they should have some of what they're asking for. Mm -hmm. But again, what they're doing just takes it out on the team and ultimately like 
for a lot of those altars, it's about love of the club. It's about love of the club. But there was a lot of them that it had nothing to do with the club. And it had to do with utilizing it to make money. Mm-hmm. And they were holding the club ransom. So, you know what? It's an ugly situation, but I can't help but feel that I'm absolutely pissed off with how they're going about trying to get what they want. Um, there's, there has to be a better way. Okay. Has mm-hmm. to be a better way. But yeah, it's, it's a tough issue because there are good points and bad points to both sides. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's not an easy situation to configure and, you know, work through it. And it needs to come from both sides. If both just stick their flag in the ground and say, that's it, we're not moving one centimeter away, then nothing is going to change and we're going to get the same thing. And, and, but the ultras do, do have a good point in, you know, where they're not allowed to bring in flags and, ban- and banners while the away team can. And there's nothing more painful to me than seeing the away side dominant our stadium yeah completely dominate our stadium here's another thing too though okay it shouldn't take a legend dying for us to be allowed to have a fucking banner in the stadium okay true yeah so to their point like it shouldn't take that for them to be allowed one goddamn banner in the stands we shouldn't and if you're going to take it away from the home fans why on earth are we allowing visiting fans to come in and rock our house like it's it's bullshit. It's bullshit. So you, it's bullshit the, on both can, ends. Yeah, but what they're doing, calling for silence, is it's not going to help things. You can see they so the the plan from the club, you know, generally was trying to go towards how the English have their stadiums. Like you don't see really see any of that in most English clubs, right? There's no banners or drums, but the atmosphere is there, and that's the sort of the atmosphere that's both for ultras and for like regular folks, family, that was the path that the club was going down. But it just does it's just not working, man. I don't know, it's man. Just... When I think Calcio and I think I think about the banners, yeah. the TIFOs and everything, you look at uh, the San Siro and what they do and you look yep. at their derbies, like that is that is Calcio, man. That is Calcio. Yeah. It's it's crazy to me. But mm-hmm. again, somebody's got to extend the olive branch. Somebody mm-hmm. has to do it. One side yeah. has to extend the olive branch. Yeah, what you want to see something interesting? Go on YouTube and like search for best crowds in European football, and you will see some performances of crowds like just get shivers from watching it on YouTube, let alone being at the stadium. And that's that's the most envious I get when I'm on YouTube. I mean, I wish we had that type of vibe that's just scary, shivering. As a player, you want to play for those fans. Yeah. You want to see them happy. And when you don't get that, you don't want to give it back. And not only I mean, that, whistling. Fucking whistling yesterday. Like that's it's, taking it too far. Too yeah, far. It's, 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 it's a joke. Time, They're yeah. acting like a bunch of spoiled fucking brats, to be honest. You know, like, I get their frustrations, but, and I feel it too for the most part, but God damn, taking it out on the players and whatnot is just wrong. It's 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 wrong. It's something I Listen, can't get behind. I'm not saying I want the same as English stands here. I'm just saying that is my understanding is where the club wanted to go. Yeah. Right, that sort of setup. I remember what I said. Remember what I said is that I can Messenger. I can picture and I don't know if things are gonna change now that Anelli's kind of out of the picture for the most part. 
but I could see them going into a scenario where you have paid supporters in behind and, you know, leading the charge sort of this cheerleading type thing. Hey, it's just a, it's a vibe. It's a, it's a feeling I got and not the female variety. Like we're oh. used to in the NFL, but a group paid to be behind a goal and form the, it's just something I thought that they were going to get towards, which I think is also wrong. It's not organic and it's forced and bullshit, to be honest. So it's something that Juve's got to sort out, got to sort out. But guys, um, we're going to, yeah, unfortunately wrap up on that nonsense. That's kind of went down and whatnot, but there was a lot of positives out of this game and the young guys continue to impress, continue to make a statement. We have some injuries to deal with. We are no strangers to that okay um but uh we'll deal with it and we'll get through next man up and it's next game up one step at a time this week we know what we've Big got one. the second leg against freiburg this Z is going to be massive bremer's going to be there um di maria is going to be there we will wait to see the latest on federico chiesa fingers crossed he can get back in there real quick guys how do you think that game's gonna go do you see us going through comfortably do you think we're gonna grind it out or do you well, think there's trouble first of all freiburg won their match yesterday too and uh, they won two one i mean a late it, goal it will actually depend on the formation we see because if for some reason Bonucci Freiburg's is in there or paredes has to start i mean it will change my answer if we're playing like we played in the second half of yesterday's match, we are going through the same attitude and possibly the same players. Freiburg, Roma, Sampdoria. We, this is probably the best stretch of football we've played. I know Roma was a loss, but this is the best stretch of football we've played in a while. Everyone's going to talk about, oh, watch out for the Freiburg fans. Same thing in Knopf. That place was jumping. Score early, take the fans out of it. I think we'll be fine. Yeah. I think we'll I be fine. Don't see any, any slip-ups. I don't see any slip-ups. I see uh, Juve getting the job done. I actually mm -hmm. see them getting it done comfortably. I agree with you, Ant. Um, one of the better stretches, regardless of uh, a result that dropped in there, but uh, it's it one of the better stretches of football. Rolls are yeah. coming. It's getting good. Wheels are in motion. Young guys, one, keep her going. One more point. One more last point. I don't know if you touched it, but... We are four points away from Europe with the minus 15. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Important noting, four points behind Atalanta. I mean, that lost we get, to Roma, we're though. getting there. Jeez, that was a Never big mind. one. It's in the past. Now, yeah, obviously, we have the Derby on the backside of it. Does the lineup go all in for Freiburg or Inter or yes. both? You're going to see both. it go all in on both. Both. And yeah. here's the key thing. BD on both. We spent a good amount of time today talking about the youngsters and whatnot. We have the ability, based on what these guys have done, to go all in on both. Okay. Yeah. Inter is Inter is struggling. Okay. They're um, on a bit of a bad run. They right are now. ripe for the picking. Okay. And I expect Juve to do just that. So we will have the ability to go all yeah. in on both. And I expect that to happen. Now, everybody. Oh. They are better at home, and they do have a Champions League match Wednesday, so sort of the same. I mean, 
It's an equal tie. I believe. Yeah, fuck them. We win. Fuck we win. Fuck Inter. What are we talking about? Fuck Inter. Get them off the screen. Get the job done on Freiburg. We're gonna have the ability to go all in on both. Okay, uh, Merda. Day. We're coming. We just got some Germans to take care of first. Okay, so everybody, That's great show. Anthony it. Omar, an absolute pleasure as always. Mm -hmm. Victory Monday. We covered Juve Sampdoria. You guys in live chat, amazing. Drop a like on the video, okay? And then we are gonna get going there. So uh, again, we're all um, waiting for some statuses. Kiesa is gonna be the one. All right. So uh, we'll see if we can get him back. Uh, if not, uh, Freiburg. Hey, hopefully for uh, the Derby d'Italia. All right. So another big week for Juve. All right. And I'll be uh, bringing you daily update videos, and then you know where to be for the match day live before the Freiburg game. Okay. We will see you then. As always, fino alla fine. Forza Juve. Ciao a tutti. Take care. Yeah.